get that up here in there we go there it is the Lucy bike the JC concepts version that's right <laughs> wow now is that the one that uh which one is the one that's hard to get right now this is the pro circuit one. The pro circuit one that's the one that's hard to get right I guess, yeah. They're saying it's delayed, back ordered, but I guess they got more in. Hey, wait a minute. The handlebars aren't moving. Listen to that. That's the big old servo in there. Oh, damn. I got oh, this thing on the back. Whoa. Whoa. Sounds like the pinion's not uh, firmly against the spur. I think it's good. <laughs> hmm. Did you get get to run it at all yet? No. I, I'm gonna get. We're gonna get a second one so that we can. And we're gonna get a second one so we can trash it. Oh, okay. Yep. That's, that's probably not really the best word, but just it's just you gotta have around. you gotta have one that is yeah one that stays in new condition, and then you gotta have one that you can drive and get you know can kind of beat it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You should try to figure out. Put it over this way a little bit more so we could see it in the background. Or maybe not. There you go. <laughs> it's right over your shoulder there. He's riding. So are you going to get the, I guess uh, from when I was reading, you can get, oh, let me pull you out of solo here. But I guess you can um, get little jerseys made up with your name on the back of it. Really? Yeah. I read that in the comments. They're like, oh, yeah, somebody's making jerseys for it or something I like that. that. Yeah, somebody in the chat probably can uh, inform us of that. Oh, look what I <laughs> I forgot I had this up there. Um, That's me on the track talking to Frank Calander. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see you. All right. This is the post enat of the Radio Impound Podcast 249. Recording date is July 27th at 8.06 p.m. Is that good enough info? Is that still in the Eastern Standard Time? Yeah, we're still in the Eastern Standard Time. That's what you're I'm in Pennsylvania. You're in Florida. I think we're all Eastern Standard Time between me and you. Uh, Bobby Lang saying, I hope someone makes a fat guy figure for the uh, Losi bike. <laughs> that would rule, actually. <laughs> Overweight dude. I mean, when I look at it, huh? it feels like the, uh, it's amazing how big the rider is. You know, like the person next to the, the bike. It's it, the, the, per, the, the rider is massively. I think he's too big. No, he looks. Uh, 
I, I just think that I think a person on the bike really is large in, in real life, but yeah, I think it looks some, good for some reason. The, the RC makes me think of that more, just how big the, you know, how much the person on it, right. Uh, you know, makes a difference. Hmm. And it makes it much look much larger. If you took the rider off, the whole thing would look a lot smaller because it's actually the whole thing's kind of big. But if you took the rider off, it wouldn't look near as big, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Hmm. So you got that in today? Yeah, got it in today. Taking it out of the box. It's kind of cool. Got the pro circuit one. It's pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, from a detail perspective, I mean, this thing is like a, it's kind of like a model, you know, it's, I mean, this jersey and helmet's really impressive. I mean, you could easily buy this and just put it on the shelf. Like it's kind of, it has kind of a cool factor like that. Yeah. That's probably what I would do with it. Yeah. get different rider. I wonder if that rider just pops off or does, um, like, can you... Take him off there? I know. I don't think I can just grab him and pull him off. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just snapped into the seat. Uh, Dustin is saying in the chat here, he's surprised you didn't get the blue one. Well, we got what we could get. We got what we could get. This was. We have another one coming, so maybe you'll get a blue one there. Yeah. I know Mac, we were talking to Mac today about it. And Mac was, he was hoping to, to get that one. So you just place the pre-order and whenever they ship you. Yeah, I we, mean, got I guess you can... we got this one from Michael's RC Hobbies. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, we just told him that we wanted two and he put us on, you know, on the list. I'm going to try to, I'm going to share our little, um, that we're live. I'm going to go ahead and share that so we're. Uh, Bobby's saying JC Concepts JCon Evil Knievel Stunt Cycle. You know, I I, I would like to go the Evil Knievel route, but <laughs> I would think that there's some pretty serious licensing on Evil Knievel as well. Ah, they won't mind. We hope. All right. Um, what do I have up on the screen here? A2, right? Yeah, I think it says A2E truck. Yep. Yeah, so... I'll just play this in the background. Yeah, for everybody listening at... Listening is... Uh, we got we got up the, the Roar E-Nationals, which I just attended. It was over yeah. in uh, Rome, New York. Flew into Albany, New York, and got the rental vehicle and drove over to Rome, which I'd never been there before. Um, you know, this is Frank Calandra's track who, I mean, you were talking while I was there, how great of a guest it'd be to get Frank on. Um, <clears throat> he told me that he's been in RC since 1978. <laughs> wow. So he says he feels kind of like the elder statesman at the moment. Yeah. You know, with, you know, he had mentioned with 
the situation where Ernie's Ernie passing away, you know, he kind of feels like he's um, kind of the elder statesman now, which is uh, probably pretty damn correct. Yeah. I, I mean, it's cool at the same time, probably not. I was the, the award you're looking to get because that means you're also getting old but <laughs> you know what you don't have a choice at some point that'll be me yeah I mean at this point I'm probably in that <laughs> I'm probably in that elder crowd unfortunately yeah it's not the <sighs> can't believe it time's flying it is especially the last you know obviously we got the the shirt here the 20th anniversary but um, yeah 20 years dude it has absolutely um it goes by fast yeah uh bobby's saying barry barry baker will always be the oldest rc racer Jake Ingstrom checking in. Jake's probably at some fancy restaurant right now. Yeah, we got to get that list from him. We really need yeah. like Jake's choice, right? Like, yeah, Jake's choice of restaurants yeah. in Tampa. Yeah, or, or St. Petersburg, wherever he's out there. Yeah, obviously at this point he's gonna have it down. <laughs> Breakfast, brunch, the dinners. He's got it. He knows where to go. Where do those guys race? I see races Wednesday night down there somewhere. Um, yeah, Jake from State Farm, Spencer Rifkin checking in. What's up, Spencer? Yeah, I told him we were going live tonight, so he had to to uh, to check in with us. But yeah, uh, I want to say that where they used to race, and Jake can't correct us, but. Um, I think it was called Quaker State in Lube. You know, that was like a restaurant that I think it was a restaurant kind of lunch place that looked like a almost yeah. like, a, like an old gas station. Yeah. And they had like the NASCARs on top of the roof and stuff. We had one here at one time. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to say that's where they were racing at, uh, you know, at that time. So. Free Ranch Goldfish is uh, Bobby Bobby saying. So there it is, yeah. Yeah, Jake's saying he still races there every Monday. Yep, so Quaker State and Lube. Or is it Quaker Steak and Lube? Quaker Steak. Is it Steak? And like, I don't even know what it is anymore. Because <laughs> I think it, like, it kind of has a Quaker State <laughs> look to it, right? Right, it does, yeah. So I think I've only been there once, to be honest with you, so... So it's, it's he's Jake says it's paved parking lot oval and man I don't know anybody that's probably got more laps out of a TC three there it is Quaker Steak and Lube. Um, so yeah, it looks like there's a crowd there and I'm thinking man on a Wednesday night in this area it's dead you're not getting anybody to race <laughs> but you know it's big city whatever. I, honestly, I'm sure it's a blast. It's just committing to doing it. Yeah. After having the right car for it and honestly it looks a little more on the you know it's not on the 
super serious side is something to do on a Monday. And you use a, uh, like, I think Jake always uses like a TC3, uh, which obviously I'm sure you can go on eBay and buy old TC3s and TC4s um, for pretty cheap. <laughs> we got Justin Doyle checking in. He's talking about Race Rock, which um, I remember going to Race Rock in Orlando. Obviously, I was I was kind of out of this at that time, but I, I I knew that. Obviously, I knew a lot about it. But when that place opened. Race Rock, you know, they had, they bought Bigfoot, they bought a Bigfoot, put it out there in Orlando. Um, they also had a Samson monster truck was inside. Bigfoot was outside. Uh, that place was stacked. Um, There's so much stuff in there. Memorabilia. Um, obviously, we've talked about before. Kent Clausen's was at 75.92 mile an hour. Uh, uh, RC10L that he set the first speed record speed run with was was in there on display. Um, my buddy Tim Davis actually bought that at an auction later when they went out of business. What? Wow. Yeah, and then he sold it to another friend of mine, <clears throat> John Faulkner. I think I don't know if John still has it, but it would be cool to actually have because it came with the trophy. So was, oh really? Yeah, so it's. Yeah. Lawson's car. I remember that in car action. Yeah, it was his car and the trophy. Wow. There was a ton of stuff there to buy uh, at that auction we went to. So it's pretty neat. Um, that was a popular place to go there on iDrive for quite a while. Eventually it closed. They sold off those things at the auction. Um, fun spot. Um, let's see. Yeah. Fun spot bought Bigfoot seven and Samson, which was there. Um, I mean, they had like a Dale Earnhardt NASCAR that was in there for auction. I don't, I don't really know wow. how that, you know, I don't, I don't know what that, um, what that cost, but I'm sure if you were in the market, for that type of thing, it would probably be a great place to go. <clears throat> um, Jay Kingstrom saying a lot of slash base oval class racing. All right. That shows you the power of the slash. Sounds like slappers haven. Uh, I would imagine. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Dave Grabowski, I think this is the first time he's ever checked into the, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, it's a lot brighter in Jason's office, but he's not wearing sunglasses. Well, got news for you, Dave. Neither am I. <laughs> Those You got the blue blockers, right? Yeah, exactly. Blocks out the, uh, makes the screen look nice here. It's not too bright for me. And they're not sunglasses. I, I need some of those, but I need prescription. They're gaming glasses. Grabowski. Can you get uh, prescription versions? I'm sure he could. Why not? Do you want prescription versions? I'd have to. Yes. Well, then you can. Yes. Oh, good. (laughs) Bobby Lang saying the first brushless um, speed control and motor. I guess he's talking about the. uh, So 
So it was in Roots Rock then, I guess. There we go. There's a... I'm guessing that's what he means is that the first brushless ESC and motor was in there. Yeah. Yeah, if everybody's just joining us now, we got the, the low-sea dirt bike in here, the Promoto. Just got that guy today. Yeah, you need to get the Rona jersey on the back of that thing. Somebody in chat has to know, because I've seen it in the comments, somebody's making jerseys for it. That'd be cool. Yeah, Rona jersey. Then uh, you have another one coming. Put uh, Allison. They need yeah, to make right. a girl rider. We could. We could put a, or you could put, um, you could just use a, don't they make big Barbies and big <laughs> and stuff? Barbies. Well, like, I mean, they make big versions, right? Yeah. Probably fit on there. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by the Barbie movie. We were just talking about that. Allison, I, I was gonna say no, I was not. <laughs> so you're like, wow, when do we go? Saturday? Now we went and saw Indiana Jones a couple weeks ago. It was good. Did it live up to the hype? No. Really? Wow. I mean, nothing lives up to the hype. Let's be honest. That is abs- absolutely true. I always get jacked up for things, and then it just flames right out. Like, hey, you gotta. It's like you, you kind of expectations, really, reality. It's hard because you get in order to sell it in today's day, you gotta hype it. Um, <clears throat> you, put, you know, you, you put so much effort behind the hype, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's hard, it's hard to match today's day, it's hard to match, yeah. Uh, so. Justin Doyle's in the chat here, and uh, he had a rundown of, uh, oh, here he goes. He wants to know what tires uh, Ty's running. Did, did they ask in that interview there? Um, that's Clayton. That's the new president of Roar there in the video. Yeah. Interviewing Ty, and he would be a good guest to have on the show too, Clayton. He's really kind of a nice guy to talk to and um, real um, I don't know exactly what the right word is but you know he'll he listens he'll listen to you he'll he'll take um, nobody's ever done that with me he'll take criticism he'll take anything in and he wants to be better uh, he's uh, he's been really nice to have in, in Roar so far. He's been a, a great addition, and he's active. He's been to, I think, every one of the Nationals. Uh, I believe he's been to every one so far, and um, he's listening. He's he's listening to people's input, and we had a pretty good race here. Uh, we had 140-something entries which it was a little low on pre-entries, but then, you know, push came to shove. Everybody kind of got in there and, um, you know, we had a good race uh, and it was completely different than a lot of other races that you do. And I think what 
the biggest one of these, as we've talked about before, the biggest e-nationals was at LCRC several years ago. They might have even had two. Did they have two there or just one? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. I think two. But uh, the the one was was the record for the amount of entries. And I think if they did it again, um, you know, if they did it again, um, LCRC, I'm sure, would be another big one. Uh, but these are popular classes in the grand scheme of things. You know, they're running the Wicked Weekend event going on this weekend. And I'm sure the E classes probably amount for half of the entries there. Uh, so um, it, it, it's still a good, it's still a good uh, building class. And when I was there, uh, people love these E vehicles. And what was interesting about this is the way this the the race was ran is you could. They had seven-minute qualifiers and seven-minute mains. So we had four. There was four seven-minute qualifiers. And if you're in the A, triple seven-minute mains. And then, like, we're watching the C main and truck here. This was at seven minutes. Um, so it was exciting. It, it was uh, – um, I, I, I liked the event. Uh, we talked about the weather was perfect the whole weekend. It was, you know – yeah. High seventies into th- some of the eighties, and uh, people. Well, everybody except for really me, Hannah, uh, Ryan Pavitas, and um, Kirk from Canada. We were the only ones pitting inside because the track kind of <clears throat> reserved a few spots for sponsors. We pit inside where normally their on-road track would be, and in the air conditioning, but. Most everyone else, well, actually everyone else pitted outside under tents and, um, you know, I I was able to kind of go by and, you know, get some pictures of everybody outside, which was pretty neat. And, uh, I I mean, I, when I was there, I didn't really hear any complaints about the event itself. You know, if I was actually racing the race, that's where I would like to race because the practice went really well. It was easy to get on and off the driver's stand. And uh, to for practice uh, was all you kind of knew when you're going to be starting, when you're going to finish. There was a uh, kind of a finish, start and a finish time. Uh, there's plenty of time to get out, do the dinner thing, uh, everything we wanted to do, and um, go back to the hotel, chill, talk to you guys. Did a uh, podcast one of the nights. Yeah. What was that last Thursday? I think it was Thursday night. Yeah. Was it Thursday? Thursday or Friday night. And it was great. Uh, I, I liked the race. The, you know, I, the one I ran is I ran the carpet nationals earlier in the year. Um, and uh, I raced that one. I went to the fuel Nats, which was in Chico. And then obviously I was at this one. So I've been to three of three roar Nats this year. And uh, I didn't see any reason why, People wouldn't like it, especially the the the, the fuel mats. I thought that one was really nice because they ran longer qualifiers than normal, and there's a pit stop in there. I think there were ten minutes, there are ten minute qualifiers there, four rounds. It was good. 
Uh, Mike Woods is saying, Frank runs an excellent show at his facility. It's always top-notch. And the weather, like you said, was perfect. This week, I think, would have been brutal because the humidity is insane. I don't know about up in New York, but here in PA, it's just crazy this weekend. <clears throat> or all this weekend leading to the weekend. Yeah, I think we got a little lucky somehow, but hey, did. hey I'm from Florida, man. We'll take it. Yeah, you're used to the humidity. <laughs> um, oh, the Tom, yeah, the weather was perfect, as Jason mentioned, and a very well-run event. Yeah, that was Tom Bishop. He was there uh, racing, um, and... I want to say he ran, the, they had a 45 plus class there. Uh, I believe that's where he raced in. And 45 didn't. plus? They have 45 plus, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not sure why they took 40 uh, out of it. Yeah. 40, but either way, I would have still qualified. It would have been like the perfect class for me to race in, but. Hmm. Yeah, we got the in the background here. The C main of Truggy still going on. <clears throat> yeah, I thought I'd just put it in the background. Um, maybe an ad will pop up. I don't know, but we'll just skip through that. Ever tell you a story about the premium version I had on my other account? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Tom Bishop saying, uh, yes, ran the old man's class. That's what they're calling it. And there was some fast drivers there. Yeah, the the guy in a Buggy, Eric, was from Canada. He comes to a lot of races in the U.S., uh, associated J-Concepts driver. He ended up winning the Buggy class. I can't remember off the top of my head who won the Truggy 45-plus, but it was another pretty good race, I believe. Uh, Doyle's asking is first E worlds this year. Feel like I saw that in my feed, Singapore, maybe. Um, so what it is, is apparently in the rules. I'm trying to read a couple of comments here at the same. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jerry's saying that, uh, saggy balls always produce a few fast guys. All right. Well, there you go. I don't really know what that means. Well, when you get old, you're, you know, balls oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't going that direction. Can you get a tuck for that? Uh, can you what? Can you get a tuck? <laughs> I'm sure. He, I'm sure you could. You can pretty much get anything these days. So yeah, I'm sure you can get those tucked up. Okay. <laughs> what uh, the research that. Yeah. Mental note for later. Yeah. Uh, Jerry's saying uh, maybe Botox, probably. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so the e, the e-buggy worlds, the, the situation with the e-buggy worlds is apparently, and before it can be an actual IFMAR worlds, they have to hold a essentially like a tryout worlds called a World Cup. Yeah, so, I don't get that. So they call it a World Cup, and they're going to have that event this year. And it's going to be in 
Portugal the week after the 10 scale worlds that's in Arizona. So I don't know what's going on with the timing. <laughs> wow. That is nuts. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, no anybody, everybody, everybody that I know from the U S is not going like nobody's even talked about it. Wow. So if there's not a good turnout, they're going to be like, eh, yes, let's not do the worlds now. I think they'll end up doing it anyway, hmm. but All right. I think they just have to have the, the yeah, Brian Bush one master's truck. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, the e-buggy world cup, all the tracks are really nice that are there were the, the two tracks in Portugal that they're talking about. But yeah, I mean, the timing just doesn't make any sense. You can't run the 10 scale off-road worlds in Arizona in the very next week, somehow make it to the world cup in Portugal. It's just, I mean, the race probably starts on like, you know, well, you know, you have to, you have to have your vehicles, you have to, you know, set up and fly out for it. No, people aren't going to do that here. Um, our guys and they're just, once this 10 scale worlds is over, they're just going to be like, all right, let's yeah. see. They're, they're, our guys probably won't race till October. That's when the next big race is. Um, Alex is saying, uh, oh, you guys are made of money, right? Yeah, exactly. Because well, that's what they think. And apparently, like, time doesn't matter either. Time is what yeah. he's indicating there. Yeah, it's just Seinfeld reference. We got the truck B or, uh, yeah, truck B main queued up here. So it's called a World Cup. If you win it, you're you're a World Cup winner. Yeah, you're a World Cup winner. You're technically not an Ifmar World Champion. You're the World Cup winner, which people aren't going to go over for that. Wow. Um, you know. There's been several World Cups that I remember. Uh, there was one for the Touring Car Worlds that first year that I want to say that was in the UK and England um, when Speshette won um, all three classes, I believe. That was a World Cup? That was a, the, the, the Touring Car part was a World Cup. Okay, I was going to say because, uh, yeah. We were advertising that as world champions. Yeah, of course you guys were. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Um, Do we could do? Yeah. So (laughs) uh, (laughs) it's hard to recover from that. (laughs) So that was of course you guys would. So that was ninety eight and two thousand was the first ever IFMAR world champion in touring car. And I went to that one in Japan uh, at Yatabi Arena. And that's the one at Sushihara one. I believe Mark Pavita's TQ and Sushihara one. But um, I think that was in the D main. Uh. Um, and, you know, speaking of uh, our connection to Ernie, is the 
I remember I had one practice run that Ernie was so excited for me over. And I come off the track and I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, are you like watching the wrong guy or something? <laughs> and, but he, but he was like, I'm doing your lap times. And he's like, you look fast out there and your lap times are really good. And I'm like, all right. That was You're like, whatever. Been, e. That must've been the best run I had while I was there. Honestly, <laughs> I don't remember really performing that well, but there was a lot of good drivers in the D main. Well, I mean, it's the worlds. So, right. Um, you know, and it's 10 drivers per race. So you're talking top 40 in the world. Uh, racing, racing it out. So at the time I felt really bad about being in the D main, but, and when I look back at it and I'm like, well, I'm not really that great. You know, I raced touring car, but Hey, still top, top 40 at Japan at Yatabi arena. I never went to a warm up. I never even raced the car before. It was a brand new Lipsy car. Uh, so, you know, Damn. I wish I still had that car. That was a really badass car. Um, I worked there at Losi during the summer and helped to actually, I did the whole, I did most of the design on the whole car with Gil Jr. Cause they had a couple engineers uh, move on right when they were trying to build this car for the world. So they asked if I would come out there and help and Man, so what was I? I was uh, it was the year two thousand. So was the year two thousand. Well, I was so I was twenty. Um, I was twenty three. Wow, dude. So yeah, I was twenty three years old. Uh, Pops Losi gave me his uh, Cadillac. It was a thing called an STS CTS. I can't remember what it was. This is black Cadillac. I stayed at their pops' house. They had I had my own like wing at his house. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember if I had a key or they just exactly how I got in. I'm sure I had a key, but um, yeah, those they tra- they treated me so well. Pops and his wife um, stayed there, drove his car every day to work and back and hung out with some friends and got the You're like pops. I need more gas money. I don't um, remember almost. how that, yeah. I, <laughs> maybe I just stopped and filled it up when I needed money. I don't know. What's for dinner, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty. It was, I was late when I got back. I don't remember ever being there at like five o'clock. It was, I was like, you know, getting there late, Waking up early kind of sucked. <laughs> hey, Pops, this Cadillac you let me borrow. It's almost out of gas. <laughs> you got some gas money there? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, working with Gil Jr. every day on that car, uh, first touring car world. So, yeah, t- 2000 was that first one. And that 98 was a World Cup. And I, I'm pretty sure for the Nitro Touring Car, uh, Mark Pavitas won the first World Cup in Nitro Touring Car. Um, and that was called the World Cup. And maybe it was 
I'm trying to remember what year that would have been. Maybe he did that in 99, right around there somewhere, 99 or 2000. And then the next one would have been in like, you know, 02, somewhere around there when they had the official worlds. You know, do I really, am I really, do I really think that's a class? Probably not, but I'm glad Mark won the World Cup. That's the one where his uh, throttles, while the race was going on, I believe his throttles or his steering spring, the steering spring on his radio broke. Oh, jeez. So, like, you know, when you're steering. Yeah, there was no, like, didn't yeah. return on its own. Yeah. I mean, not that you really drive like that anyway, most likely, but I'll, it just probably got super easy to move. So you yeah, there's of, no resistance or anything. Yeah, you had to just kind of adjust on the fly. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Masami at the Winter Champs his one year. I believe this was 94. He he broke his uh, throttle spring on a stick radio during a qualifier. And he ran the rest of the qualifier with a broken, you know, with the broken spring on the throttle. Damn. I had to happen on a PlayStation controller, actually. Oh, man. Did you finish out the day? Yeah, like the stick, you know. Did you I finished out the main. I, yeah, I won. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> Got to put you in that Masami Pavitas realm. Yeah. See the stick on the that stick right there? So when you go like this, it goes back. Well, it broke. And then so everything was free, like no resistance. So I can relate to what Pavitas was going through. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that's it's a great it's a great time. <laughs> so they got to hold this World Cup. And what's the point of it, really? Like. So before they had the Worlds, they had the World Cup. But what happens if the World, World Cup is just it doesn't go off with a bang? Do they do they say, hey, uh. This doesn't work. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they do for that. Well, I just don't get why you have to have a World Cup. Just go right into the world. See what happens. Yeah, there's there might be something, you know, lots of times the world is based off of um, you know, things that happen in the Olympics and maybe there's something some type of rules in the Olympics before they can introduce a sport, how they have to, I don't know. I'm sure there's something about that. Hmm. Jason can't get enough of that Lucy bike back there. I like looking at it, man. Yeah. Look at that thing. <laughs> He's you're never going to run that one. That one you're just going to keep on the shelf. Yeah, this one we're not driving. So Alex is saying nothing changes. So I, I think if he's talking about the World Cup. Oh, no, I think he's talking about somebody up here asked if will Hobby Town stay uh, Hobby Town or become a main plex uh, because of the uh, buyout by a main. And then uh, Alex is saying uh, nothing changes. So there you go. There's your answer. I 
not really excited. I know it's a bigger acquisition, but I'm not excited about that as much as I I want to say I was excited about the Trinity deal, but to me it's not as big as the news, but but it's obviously a larger bigger deal, I guess. So Yeah, I mean Alex is probably the right guy to have in the chat during some of this, but you know, up earlier um in the comments somebody had asked about you know, if we were going to discuss this uh, a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, Alex is a probably, um, you know, the, the man to have on here for this. But a lot of people, I think. I could shoot Alex a link if he's not busy, but. Uh, I think a lot of, I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of people think that right off the top that a main owns all these hobby towns and all the, you know, and I, I could be wrong here, but the way I understand the whole thing is a lot of these hobby or all the hobby towns, maybe except for maybe one or two are all individually owned. So it's not like, a main buys hobby town and then they own over 120 hobby town individual stores. They own the brand and the franchise and, um, and then you can have influence over having more, you know, you can get more franchises out there if people want to become a part of it. So the better you run your franchise brand, the more people, you know, so it's like owning a, you know, Chick-fil-A or owning um, a Starbucks or something. You know, you're the brand that people know that does well and makes money. So you want to, you want to buy a franchise and then set it up and then you stock it the way that they uh, recommend stocking that particular store, just like you would with Starbucks or Chick-fil-A. And then I'm sure if they want, if you want some help starting or running it from the beginning, maybe you can get some training or some people in there that helps. I would assume that that's available. And then you're kind of out on your own, right? You, you're putting your own money into it as an individual. And then, um, you know, from the, the corporate side from, you know, a main owning it, they, they probably help you, um, determine what's good to have in the store. If they have any information, they can probably run you specials. Um, if they're, you know, now a main is a, is a distributor. I don't know if you knew that Gotti, but they are a distributor. Also, they distribute several brands. Yes. That I did know. So amazing enough. So in this situation, you know, a main, if they have a bunch of different brands, uh, that they're distributing and they want to make available to the hobby town, individual hobby town stores, then they have a lot of influence there. So I guess to me, what you want to see uh, from the outside looking in is the more of these hobby towns you can get that are successful, the better RC can do, right? Exactly. So I think it's in their best interest to put money behind it, to put, um, you know, get that word out there that it's a great franchise to own. 
you get them in good areas. Maybe you connect them with a track. Um, and, um, you know, and then you can make help make these stores be productive. Uh, Alex is saying, I think the biggest deal is a main will have the hobby town distribution warehouse in Lincoln. Yeah. So they ended up with a, another central uh, location on top of it. So not only now they have their West coast distribution center, uh, which is in Chico. They have, they also have their East coast, which is in North Carolina. And now they'll have their central location, which is in, in Lincoln. So uh, it sounds to me like a win-win for a main. I don't see there being any uh, reason why this isn't a win for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is definitely a big win for everybody else uh, involved as well. Hmm. You looking up my dirt bike here? Yeah, I'm just checking it out. It's still uh, out of stock. Uh, John Bolton saying, I believe Horizon was looking into a form, looking into form of this with some programs they tried years ago. Um. Yeah, I don't know if Horizon tried it or not. You know, Horizon's already into so many dealers. Uh, and what this does is it also protects you. It gives you, if, if all these stores stay healthy and you can create new stores, it protects you, it protects, protects you in a sense because you'll always have somewhere to sell <clears throat> your product, a storefront to sell your product to. Um, so there's a lot of other things, kind of underlying things kind of going on here between Horizon, Traxxas, A-Main. Um, they're, they're kind of the superpowers in the business, if you will, those three. And so we got a lot of jostling, kind of jostling around and maneuvering for power and maneuvering for the best angle that they feel that the business is going to go for all of them. And that's where we are. So you got Horizon kind of angling and positioning with their acquiring brands. And they already have a huge distribution, many hobby shops. You have a main positioning to try to be in their best position possible. Uh, and then Traxxas, who's been in great position for a long time, uh, sold by both of the other two big names. Um, but they also have tried to go dealer direct with many of their things and actually open Traxxas-only stores. If you want to work with Traxxas, they'll help you open, I believe they help you, you can open a complete Traxxas store. Like it just says Traxxas on it, I think. Wow. So, um, but obviously you can only sell Traxxas items. Right. Alex would probably know more about that also. But as far as I know, they will do that too. So you can see the three big, um, the th some of the three big things kind of going on there. Alex is ewing. You. Uh, Justin saying I'm not getting notifications either. Hmm. Not sure. That's Facebook and contact uh, Zuckerberg. 
Yeah, you know, I think in a sense, when we do these podcasts, we talk about some of these bigger industry related things. Not only we'll talk about the drivers, we're at the races. You know, I was at this race, obviously we're watching, but we talk about some of these bigger industry things. Look at first, look at Testman. When you're position one, dude, that's like an advantage, man. Yeah, I didn't like that space. That space is insane. He should be up here, right by the sign, right? Like, right. Well, it would have been nicer to be a little bit further back, but yeah, I mean, he he had definitely. Um, <laughs> we definitely he definitely had an extra four feet. But they lined up all the the position ones like that, so it wasn't just tie. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Alex is saying, uh, I'll go more into what I know and have to say about the hobby town thing on the hobby plex show podcast. Oh, geez. Does not want to reveal too much on the radio impound podcast. <laughs> Tune into the hobby plex show. Check them out on YouTube. Um, uh, Justin Jubert saying, uh, he should have been back more. Could have. Still been straight. Yeah, that, when I was watching it, I was like, wow, position one has a huge advantage. Though if that was me there, I'd still screw it up. I mean, that was always a big thing, you know, when I was doing my racing where the grid positions were going to be and, um, you know, where they were spaced out, uh, how the position of the car is. Have you um, ever seen it where they put them around the corner almost, though? I've ha- I have seen that before. Wow. Uh, they may have asked him. They might have asked Ty where he wanted to be. Middle um, of the track. <laughs> they asked him where he wanted to be, and he wanted to be up that far? Well, no, what I'm saying Which is... For him, I, yeah. I would, well, no, he probably doesn't. He didn't have any control over second position, but they probably asked him where he wanted to be in the corner or outside the corner, so he had to turn... You know, you know what I'm saying. So, so they should ask second if he wanted to be up more than. Well, what they should have did is they would have, they should have spaced second a little closer. They yeah. should have just put Ty where he wanted to be because lots of times they will ask you, "Hey, is that enough space for you to turn to do the corner and the jump?" Right. Right. Lots of times they will ask you that. So they might have asked him that, and he said, "Yeah, I think that's fine." He might have even tested it and said that was fine. Can you move two back further for me, please? There yeah, you. the only thing they should have did is move two up just a little bit. But if I was number one <laughs> like Ty was, I would have said, heck no. I love that position. <laughs> I mean, I, many times I raced um, during our club races and when you're TQ um, – you know, when you're TQ, you line up wherever I would just line up wherever I wanted, like at a club race or a regional or something. You just kind of line up wherever you want, whether it's inside or outside, and then everyone else follows suit behind you. Yeah. Uh, Alex is saying, was that second chicane uh, legal? Isn't it ten foot lanes for eight scale? I, I don't. I don't know. I think it was eight feet in there. I want to say that Jared actually paced it off Jared Wiggins and it was like around eight feet. Um, 
Tom Bishop saying that the Roar officials measured the lanes. I think if anybody had to complain, it was about that section right there that he's talking about. Right. Everyone thought that was really tight. And I think Mayfield actually had asked them, can we just take the dot out and move the pipe back a foot? And that's how, that's how Ryan wanted the lane to be. Cause he just felt like it was way too narrow in there. And the double afterwards he felt was um, really kind of a critical, like coming through, you know, you do this front tabletop, step on, step off, you come through the chicane and that double, that single, single, which was a double at first was kind of all rutted out. And it was actually hard to go through there. But yeah, they they made it work. As always, you kind of make it work. Uh, ideally, sure, it would have been nice for it to be a little bit wider, but they also um, did what they, they felt was right. They wanted to have a track in the, the I think it was in the 30, the 32nd lap range. They got one in the 32nd lap range, and that's what they went with. So we got in the, in the back here, we got the battle of A2 of 1-8 scale E-Buggy. Ty was in the lead, made a little mistake on the right side. Mayfield got in the lead here, and they're battling. This is for the win here. Uh, Ty wins this. He won the overall, and Mayfield, if he holds him off. Oh. Yeah, if he was able to hold him off, he can extend it to an A3. So big pressure for the the driver in front here for Ryan because if Ty gets by him, it's over. And uh, usually you can drive a little looser here as the guy in second. You already won the first main. You kind of feel like you still have that extra main if you need it. And you can kind of let loose a little bit here and, and try to make the guy Ryan crash. But what ended up happening is Ty crashed twice here. So it happens. Uh, Alex is currently driving with his wife and she's scowling at him for listening to the show while he's driving. She knows this is just, but ultimately she knows it's just too good of a show. Yeah. And he's got to be listening. Yeah. Alex just tell her to relax. That usually works. (laughs) Yeah. According to the internet, that doesn't work. So So, where was this? I had another one here about the, Oh, about the tires. You want to get into the uh, supposedly Ty was using JC tires. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a little bit tricky. That kind of made it made the rounds on the internet. Um, I, I didn't personally give him any tires at this race. Um, anything that he was using, he either brought with him or got at the track. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, there was photos out there of him using our tires uh, and there was photos of him using uh, his, you know, the hot race tires. He did use ours quite a bit. Um, I believe he used the hot race in the first main and the JC in the second and the third mains. And I think all the qualifying, he might have ran our tires. Um, it's, a, it's a situation that happens from time to time. I mean, I it's it's hard to say how it all, you know, it's happened to us in the past, but you know, um, it's a tough situation, but I, I, 
I guess I would say from his perspective, what he's looking at is he ultimately has to tell X-Ray that he felt like he had the best race he could have. And he feels like he answers to X-Ray pretty exclusively, I would imagine. And I think he felt like the best way at this track and those conditions was to match what Ryan and Dakota and those guys were using tire wise. And that's what he did. And he felt the best that put him in the best position to win. Cause I feel like he felt the pressure to deliver for x-ray. And I think that was the situation and I'm sure he got in trouble for it. <laughs> Everybody kind of, you know, that's, that's a thing. And everyone likes to bring these things up on the internet, whether it's fair or not to everybody. Uh, it's happened to us, you know, 10, 15 years ago with Ryan, um, you know, running different tires here and there, which I would be at the race and I would try, you know, and I would tell him, Hey, you can try this or you can try that. Let's, let's, you know, let's try these things. But I was there and telling Ryan, essentially approving him to do it. Um, you know, in this situation, I don't think these guys are getting approved <laughs> to run other tires, but that's their thing. You know, that's their deal. And they, they have to answer to the, to x-ray. They have to, um, I think that's their, their primary sponsor. And I think that they felt the best way that they could, you know, take care of their primary sponsor was, to do what they needed to do from a tire standpoint. And that's what they did. I mean, uh, X-ray would care. Well, I mean, X-ray cares if he's the, you know, the most competitive he can be right. If, yeah. If, if, he, if he goes to the race and this has happened, you know, throughout time, if it doesn't matter who, you know, it could be Ty, it could be Mark Pavitas, whoever the person is that's racing you know, Mark was in my era when this was happening. If he ultimately goes back to x-ray after the race and says, well, I got second or third place and I really felt we were at a disadvantage that weekend on tires. So I got second or third x-ray is not going to be very happy with that. Right. They're okay. going to say, well, why didn't you just run whatever the tires were you thought were the best? Really? Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's, you know, <laughs> throughout time and RC, that's exactly how it was. I mean, Associated used to tell Mark Davidas the same thing. Used to tell Billy Easton that. Losi guys used to run Proline tires when they weren't allowed to be sponsored by Proline. I mean, Kenwald won several, many races on Proline tires um, approved by Losi. You know, they told them, hey, run whatever you got to run. And then, you know, Billy Easton and Mark Bavitas, they won races on Losey tires. Um, uh, so a lot of that stuff has happened over the years. It just, it, it's a little different today because the drivers, I'm not going to say they weren't professional before, but there's more paid contracts now and there's more contract situations now than there was in the, obviously in the nineties, but. That's something that he has to deal with. Um, and they felt like, as anybody does, they feel like they owe it to whoever their primary sponsor is. 
And that's what they did. So the tough part is when you have to cover it up. That's the part that kind of sucks is after the race is over, you got to change your tires, take pictures with your other tires. It's a little bit of a cover up. And everybody's kind of done that over the years, different ways. Yep. Today and with all social media and stuff. I remember, I remember the magazines, you know, even in the magazine days, I remember seeing like Jack Johnson um, running low C uh, back at the winter champs. And you'd pick up car action and you'd look at it and it'd list, list tires and it would say low C. And you're like, well, I, was, I raced with him. He wasn't running low C tires. <laughs> Like, right. and it just said in car action that, you know, so, and it would be the same the other way, you know, if Mark Pavitas won and he was running low C tires, they would put ProLine in there. Um, today, they just kind of, everyone just kind of throws you under the bus. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's something they got to deal with. Everybody's a professional. They got to decide whether, who they're racing for, who their allegiance is to. Are they allowed to make these changes on the fly when it's not approved? Um, everyone has to make that decision. Obviously, they did. <laughs> they said, hey, being the most competitive that we can be and winning the class and TQing both, that's what they wanted. And, you know, it's hard to really blame them 100% when uh, you are racing for a living and you feel that's – now, the, the question is, does it really hold you back? But, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Alex is saying, Ken Wald's 99 Ma Nats card looked, like, looked nothing like what it was shown in Car Action Breakdown for that year. I was at that race, the 99 Roar Nats, and uh, I got to see Ken Wald run there. That was, you know, they ran low seat tires there. That was a... Um, that was the first year of the triple X. They ran an M and M low seat debut, the new car there at the 99 roar nationals. Uh, I actually didn't race it, but I was there representing and, um, helping on the, the tire side of things with pro line. And, um, I remember Billy Easton was amazingly fast there with associated, but he actually ran low seat tires. <laughs> <laughs> So Nothing's what it seems. It's kind of funny that he brought, it's kind of funny that he brought that up because that was a thing that happened. Mark Pavitas had to run pro lines there at that race, and Billy Easton just ran low seas because that's what Kenwald was doing, and all that stuff. It, it made a difference. Uh, Bill Collins is saying it's weird that the current roar manual says eight foot for eight scale electric buggy, but ten foot for the other eight scale classes. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't looked at that part in the rule book on, for the size of the lanes, but like I said, I mean, whatever this is, I mean, we ran, they ran truggies out there and they made it work. So it obviously worked out. Okay. It wasn't, you know, sure. It'd be better to be bigger, wider lanes, but a lot of tracks get concerned on the lap times. They, they have this thing in their mind that, the longer the lap time, the better. And usually tracks will try to put in more lanes. And in this situation, you have an over under. Um, also, that's usually to try to add 
add more space. So, you know, my line of thinking has always been, and Paul and I talk about it all the time, whatever size of the track is that you have, you build a layout that you like. And whatever the lap time is, it is. If you want a longer lap, you have to have a bigger track. You don't just put a bunch of lanes everywhere and make them smaller to have a longer lap time. What you have to do is you have to have a bigger track. So, well, that's the way I think about it anyway. But everybody has a different way of doing it, and it worked here too. And I drove afterwards. Uh, several people let me drive their car. Uh, Lee Setzer, uh, Dave Hemingway's uh, Techno Car. I drove Paul Sicarello's X-Ray for a couple of laps, but. Paul's left-handed, so I he had, I had to turn I had to turn the radio a weird way to try to drive his car, but yeah. So Jason I got crashed all of those cars and wrecked them. Absolutely, uh, I crashed him big time. Especially Lee's. I went to the back straightaway and I told him I said I'm gonna try to clear this whole back <laughs> tabletop. I just I crashed completely off the back of the track. Awesome. Uh, why no Rivkin at Enats? Well, he had a he had a family thing just happen that he had to go back to Boston for, and then um, so several family things kind of came up, and he just didn't. They didn't want to pile it all in there with everything else that was going on family wise. Uh, that he had to kind of travel out of state to attend. Uh, funeral and stuff so a uh, lot of lot going on for spencer right now and they just thought it would be better for him to skip a couple races and then just kind of um take care of all that all that stuff right and then kind of gear back up for the 10 scale nats and then the worlds yeah <laughs> jubert um, saying he hit the he's hit the container <laughs> jubert yeah uh I've hit that container at the end when it went when it went the other direction. What container is this? Yeah, so like uh, when you're from the driver's stand, the container's on the right because uh, man. Frank uh, explained to me, Frank Calandra, that almost every single time they have a track there, and uh, Justin Juber kind of um, backed it up that the straightaway. Always goes the other way on almost every other track they've ever built. So that's why Jubert's saying that he hit the container. <laughs> I would love to see that video. I'll guarantee you, though, that it wasn't a rare occurrence. A lot of people hit that container. I mean, if it was going that way for this time, I'm sure. Yeah. A lot of people. I'm sure I would too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah Jubert's saying right side is a red container, the track is usually the other direction. Yes, and that bur- a lot of excuses here. That berm used to be closer. <laughs> <laughs> what I actually would really like to see with this track is they make it if they could make it one lane deeper, and then you also could go up. See where the bank is up there? Yeah, I'd like to see go the track there. and use a, not go all. You could go all the way up there, but just use at least the angle so you could drive up there on that angle. Yeah. I think that would, would ramp right over that bank. Jump over those tents. 
Yeah, I would see. Uh, I, I would like to see one lane deeper, and then you could drive up on that berm side over here on the left. I think, like if they were to like have a fuel nationals or something at this track, that would be really neat. Uh, Alex Sturgeon, e truggy D main every single truck. He's talking about it would hit the container. <laughs> And Jason checking out that little, he loves that Lucy bike. It just seems so nice to have on the desk. Yeah, I wouldn't want to run that. You just want to mess with all the parts. <laughs> so someone did ask up here, uh, what you making for this thing? Are we going to see any cool J concept? I'm going to find the question up here. Any cool J concept parts or anything? Don't know yet. We're still uh, in the process of reviewing this Lucy bike to try to determine what we want to make. I was on the phone with Jason today. I was denying stuff, wasn't I, Jason? He was. You were dropping the hammer. I was like, I don't think we should spend our money on that. Certain items that we were going to make. I think what we'll see is <laughs> if it continues to be popular, um, we'll definitely have some tires for it. Um, you know, depends. We may need some wheels too. What I'm going to do is I want I want mine to have black wheels with the, the all the white plastics like the the uh, the, the bike that they just showed um, online. The last, there you go. You can see it there. Last couple days, the last couple days they've been showing a, a Yamaha bike that's like a throwback paint scheme or whatever you want to call it that has like white with neon. Uh, red and purple, the anniversary Yamaha. That thing looks so good. That's how I want mine to look. Yeah, so we get all the white plastic. Well, I'm going to have two bikes up here. That, um, yeah, he's asking, uh, why didn't you get the blue one? The blue one might be on its way. Yeah, I, we did order two, but this is the first one we got was the green one. And then the blue one, maybe that will be next, but. But yeah, I'm gonna put all the white plastics on it. Get the wrap, have a have a wrap that looks cool. Black wheels, some J Concepts tires. Um, Alex Sturgeon saying uh, my bike is pretty messed up. Jersey is torn in two. Front and rear plates are scratched to hell. Stabilizer balls are ground down. <laughs> Still hasn't broke though. Holy shit. I I'm just amazed how much RC wheel time Alex gets. Yeah. So the blue one's in stock. The green one's out of stock. And the red one is in stock also. There you go. Order, order one. You can have one. <clears throat> what am I going to do with it? He just said it on your desk, just like this one. <laughs> I guess you know, so. We'll just have shared custody. I'll send this to you every once in a while, and then you can share custody. And then, and then you can put it on your desk for a little while, and you ship it back to me. I'll put it. On. I can put it back here somewhere. I put it yeah. right here next to me on a table. Yeah, perfect. I'm so scared, like, because I'm gonna mine will just look just like Alex's. It'll be all messed up and ground down and beat up. I, that's like I, I love it when it looks brand new like this. Yeah. I, once I get mine with the J Concepts tires and wheels and have the all the plastics, I'll I won't really want to drive it. As t 
Tyler and Paul, they were sending me, or I sent them a picture of that Yamaha that we talked about the anniversary one. And, and, and they were like, are you going to get one? You know, the real bike. And I was like, what am I going to do? Look at it. Like, the real bike? Yeah. They, they, they were like, are you going to buy the real bike? And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Look at it. I'm not going to ride it. Yeah. Oh, here you go. Rick Hayes is saying, are we going to see a blue anodized chain from JC? I don't think you can because um, it's steel, so you wouldn't be able to anodize it. You know, oh, what a bummer. Take the thing over here, but uh, let me turn it around. But yeah, this chain is it's steel, steel links, so you couldn't really... Um, so we can do a sprocket. Well, this here they could. They already sell. Losi already sells all, all everything in aluminum that you can make for this thing. They already sell. Oh. Huh. How about an aluminum chain for Gotti? <laughs> no, that's a good idea. <laughs> He's gonna break, uh, break <laughs> the aluminum turnbuckles and break. Yeah. We got. Oh, higher in the, in the chat, Steve is asking about the J Concepts relationship with Bigfoot. What is the relationship with J Concepts and Bigfoot? Seeing the video about the open house a week or so ago got me wondering. Um, mostly, um, I was just a fan when I was a kid. Uh, the only reason I got into RC was because I liked Bigfoot and I wanted to have an monster truck rc monster truck and um about i don't know how many years ago about seven years ago we started in some rc monster truck items and we sell uh, that in the product line now so it's kind of an opportunity for me to do some bonding with the uh the original reason i got an rc which was bigfoot so um, so we're making a lot of monster truck items, bodies, tires, wheels, and we also worked a, we have a licensing agreement with Bigfoot where we can do several different Bigfoot uh, decal packages. We offer those on different bodies for trucks. So that's kind of a fun passion project that we have working with Bigfoot. And we went to the open house for several years now, but this year in particular, we covered that on the YouTube video. So we, we are, we actually raced RC monster trucks there. And so was really loving doing that there on the property. We had a, an event at the hotel that was kind of like a get together for RC. That was good. And then uh, we had Jim Kramer's last ride, which was his, uh, 72 years young did his last drive in the in bigfoot so uh, that's what that uh, video is about so that's kind of the relationship we're going to do a whole video on that tomorrow actually wow. uh, at the in the j concepts garage fred's going to be in there with me and we're going to discuss the this event and kind of finishing the truck and the photos and videos that rich took so uh, yeah looking forward to Kind of getting getting in there, talking with Fred about it. J 
John Bolton saying he's going to start an internet rumor. Jay Con says the purchase Bigfoot franchise. Mayfield to head driving. <laughs> He'd be a hell of a driver out there, but you definitely would be working on the trucks a lot. He'd be hard on the equipment like he is with his RC stuff. He's pretty hard on the equipment. Bartel saying totally off topic. I've been making parts for my B44. Jason, did you guys draw that in metric or inch? It was an inch. And at that time, you know, we had several parts on the car, obviously, well, quite a few that were, um, were drawn, uh, were associated, associated parts. So we kind of stuck with the standard, standard measurements because that's what they were using at the time too in 2003. So the B the B four and those <clears throat> were drawn in in uh, standard measurements. So we stuck with that. Uh, Justin Juber says A one for LCRC on a hot one hundred de- degree Sunday. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, the other thing to that is the track also really needs to be abrasive too. It. It really helps when you can you can see the track and it has like some abrasiveness when you're feeling it or some rocks coming to the surface that you know kind of helps tear up the tires and that surface warms up the tires is really what happens. Uh, Justin Doyle's asking, did anyone try anything harder than blue at the Enets? Actually, at the when the race was over, uh, Paul Sicarello tried. A2s, and he said that that was the best for him. He tried A2 relapses. That's actually when I drove his car, but I was trying to drive it a left-handed radio. But um, So, yeah, he actually really liked them. He thought that was the best compound he ran. Right at the end, he ran the A2s. Bartel says, thank you, Jason. He's been meaning to ask that for months. Yeah, I mean that's a really cool that's a really cool question. Something you don't get very often. Um, Jason, are you going to the vintage Nats this year, Matt? Ask. I don't think so. I think I want to say it's sometime in September, which is it's always like the first week. I think somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, which is like we have well, we have our turf. We have our turf nats the first weekend of September this year, which is in uh, at RC Madness in Field, Connecticut. Then the second weekend, we're going to be at the Worlds in Arizona. So, um, I mean, if the race is anywhere in those two, yeah. So Jason Santos says eight to ten, which is when we're going to be Worlds. Yeah. So, not happening this year. Honestly, the track we were just at for that E-Nationals, if they would have made a smaller section of it, it would have been like a perfect uh, vintage track. Put some water on it, run some double Ds in the in the rear and some rips in the front, and then the perfect vintage track. Um, you know, running vintage cars on slicks just really wasn't my thing. That track would have been great. Um, here we go. Uh, Matt saying, I love the J Concepts RC10T front nose. How about a one piece J Concepts RC10 tub chassis? 
Most tubs available now are scrubbed hard and drilled to Swiss cheese. Uh, we thought about it. The only thing is Associated is selling a bunch of ch- a tub chassis on there on eBay right now. I believe you can, they're selling the gold ones on eBay. I, that's probably the best place to go right now for a fresh tub. Uh, we will catch you guys. So wicked weekend this weekend. Jason will come back and give us the whole lowdown on what happened there. Uh, before you head out to the next race, because August will be here next week. It's a busy August because we got Nats, Mugen Challenge. Then you got to prepare for the Worlds. And we have our race in Connecticut, Car- Turf. Oh, that's right, Carbon Nats. Busy August. Yeah, I mean, between you coming to Mugen Challenge, Carpet, Turf Nats. And- well, I'm not going to Turf Nats. No. <laughs> no. Mugen, I can make LCRC. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. I like going there. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you for 250. We should have a big celebration. 250. Only, you know, took a while to get there, but we're there. We'll catch you on the next one. See you.